Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that today we get to chat with Tanya Bumstead, a 7th and 8th grade STEM teacher in Ontario, Canada. She helps with all sorts of clubs at her school. She's gotten the Prime Minister's Award for Teaching Excellence in STEM and so many great ideas. I think you're really going to enjoy some of the things that Tanya is going to share with you today. So welcome to the show, Tanya. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And first off, Tanya, people can find you on Twitter at Tanya Bumstead, um, T-A-N-I-A-B-U-M-S-T-E-A-D. And of course, all these things are in the show notes as well. But tell us a little bit, Tanya, about how you got started in education and what drew you into STEM education. For sure. So I've been teaching for about 19 years, but I'm going to honestly tell you, it came from two really great connections that I had with teachers along the way who kind of, you know, really pushed me into this whole idea of science and math. I think being a female, sometimes science and math are not those areas that everybody goes into when you're a young girl. Yeah. I had two great teachers that kind of coached me along the way and then said, you know, teaching might be your thing. (laughs) You know, in high school, they kind of pushed me along and helped guided me along the way. And that, that definitely helped for sure. That's awesome. And and teachers, remember that when you're up in front of the classroom and you have the opportunity to to push those kids in a in a direction, whether it's into teaching or something else, help them to find what they're passionate about, what they might be skilled for and and suggest those careers. Don't just say, oh, there's great jobs someday. Oh, there's cool jobs, you know. Well, Tanya, I think the best part to start at would be how we connected. And we connected on Twitter when a friend of mine who's starting shop kind of combined with STEM teacher was reaching out and looking for people and found you. So tell us a little bit about how you're attaching Woodshop to STEM in your classroom and in your school. Yeah, so in our region, we are very blessed that all of our grade seven and eight classes have a wood shop attached to them. So full components, we have band saws, we have scroll saws, we have sanders and drill press. So it's a it's a full out shop. And mm-hmm. It basically teaches students how to use each of the machines. Mm-hmm. And in my classroom, we use it as a tool. So just as we would a pencil or a Chromebook, we use it as an extension of our learning. And the students use it to kind of show another component of their learning when they're doing a project. That's awesome. So that's attached to all classrooms or like which kind of classrooms get those? So it's attached to the science classroom. So we have one in each school. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm blessed to have it right next to my classroom. So um, all our science teachers have access to it. But we definitely put it in with that STEM STEM component and work it into math as well. That's awesome. And I'm thinking that probably a lot of middle school teachers and high school teachers, maybe they don't even think about that as a resource, that woodshop classroom it's not being used all hours of the day. And if you can get your kids into that space, having the correct people that can help you with any kinds of tools and safety and all those sorts of things, but to challenge kids to go above and beyond just designing something on a piece of paper or, or whatever resources you have in your classroom. Yeah, most definitely. I think, you know, sometimes as teachers, we're afraid because we don't know ourselves, right? <laughs> so <laughs> don't, don't teach students if you don't know. But I think I'm, I'm the opposite. My students know that very much so is that if it's out there, we're going to learn about it. And let's go out there and see if it can make us better learners and better prepare us for the world. And I think the more tools they have access to, the stronger they're going to be components for having a great career later on. 
Yeah. And my guess, Tanya, is that probably a lot of those kids see you being willing to try something new and something different. And and that probably has an effect on them. (laughs) Most definitely. They see me make mistakes every day. We laugh them off. And then they also see me just putting myself out there. And I think I've seen in the last couple of years, that's been the biggest growth as as a teacher myself. It makes me quite proud to see students out there taking risks, making mistakes, but also really, you know, growing from it and becoming better people because they are doing it. And again, we're chatting with Tanya Bumstead, and you can find her on Twitter at Tanya Bumstead. Now, you guys at your school have a, a really neat take on a maker space, um, really to incorporate that design thinking and focus on empathy. So tell us all about it, Tanya. Yeah, so at our school, we have, it's similar concept to a makerspace. We have definitely the tools available to us in the shop. We also have, you know, green screen components. We have uh, the 3D printer. We have mm-hmm. a local wall. We have recording studios. And basically what we use is we use those tools to give the students an opportunity to find something that hurts them, something they want to find change in, something that they want to make a difference towards and have true empathy for it. And basically they look globally or locally or real problems around them. Mm-hmm. And we have them create solutions to them. So it can be a campaign. It can be something that's innovative. It can be, you know, something that they're connecting with in some way. And they use the tools that we've taught them at the beginning of the year, how to use to show how they're going to make solutions for these. No, so you actually call it more than just a maker space. You guys call it a change maker space. Yes. So our school is actually connected with Ashoka Schools, which is a, a change maker organization. We're one of only elementary school in our city that is a change maker school other than the university. And so we actually make some connections with the university and we grow that way. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just makes so much sense to have a purpose for what you're building for. And that's where we changed it to change maker space. So it's not just making for the sake of making, but it's making to make a difference in the world. That's awesome. That's such an interesting take on, on something that, that we've all seen. We've almost all of us have seen maker spaces now. A lot of us have, have created little spaces in our room or we've got a, a lab or a classroom somewhere in our school. But, but to really take the kids that next step past just, I made something, here it is. Now we're moving on to something new, but something that actually makes a change in their world. That's such a neat idea. What what kind of what kind of cool things have kids come up with, or or uh, any any great failures? Well, there's been lots of failures. That's something that for sure that we talk about a lot. That you might not come up with a solution that's you know the next invention in the world. Right. But, um, we learn a lot from it, and one I think you know some of the great things that kids have come up with. I actually get emails from kids throughout the summer going, "Oh my goodness, Mrs. Bumstead, that." You know, the app that I was creating in class for blind people to feel what it was like to be at a concert, somebody actually created my app and it's here and they, you know, writing me letters in the summer saying, I saw a news report about it. So great. Uh, Just this week, I, um, there was a news report about some young ladies who had created homeless shelter and they had designed it so that these, so that homeless people could stay warm during the cold uh, winter months. And I had a student who that was her project and she's seeing other people come up with similar ideas. So it makes them feel empowered knowing that their idea wasn't silly because they were 12 yeah. or 13, that their idea actually works and people are actually doing these things. And, and that's got to be validation for that kid to realize uh, my ideas are, are more than just an idea that I come up with so that I can get credit on an assignment and turn in. 
Most definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing we really strive towards is just because the project's finished doesn't mean you're done. We're really, my big thing in grade seven and eight is I want students to find what their passion is. So when they get to high school, they pick the right courses to pursue their passion and hopefully make it a career. And that's so important at those middle school levels to help those kids be prepared to take those those great electives that are offered in high school. A lot of kids, they get to high school and maybe they just want to take the easy route or they want to sign up for a class, uh, an extra gym class because they think that's easy or something. But instead, they're missing out on, on some of those incredible things like wood shops, like metal shops, like coding and computer classes, like like any sorts of careers that, that are often in those, focused on in those elective classes. For sure. I just got two emails this week that I have to share quickly with you. Go I, for it. One young lady who emailed me today actually and said, you know, Mrs. Bumstead, I made that app last year with that program that we were doing and I really want to keep pursuing it. So can you just mentor me a little bit on this because I think I really need to push this to the next level. And she's not even at my school anymore, which That's is cool. Great. And I had another young lady come to talk to me about, I've taken a tech course just because I love what you're doing in your class. And I'm learning so much more now in high school now that the doors have been opened up. So for me, that's such a rewarding thing to hear them want to continue the learning process with that. That's awesome, Tanya. You're doing a great job. And uh, every teacher, I'm sure, can think of things like that. And um, but it's evidence that, that you're doing a good job. You're taking into account that you want to inspire those kids and, and not just get them learning something. Um, you, you do some passion projects in your classes, right? Yeah, we do. We do. I think it's important for, for me. My biggest goal is to have student voice. So student voice is huge at our school. We have students that attend our staff meetings. We have students who, who are just big part of leaders and reason why we run things at our school. And mm -hmm. passion projects, just another thing that we do in the classroom to enable that student voice piece for them to find their passion, give a voice on it, and, and continue sharing with others. Now, you've also started doing something, and, and it can be challenging to, to sometimes fit all these different things in our normal class schedule like we're trying to trying to fit in all of our content areas and our subjects that we're trying to get covered um, but but there's still those kinds of challenges that you we try to draw in um, and one of them that you've been using is called the global stem learning hub which has a bunch of online challenges right yeah so i've been able to reach out using twitter a, such a fabulous tool to reach out to other educators mm -hmm. and i've used twitter to reach out to teachers from around the world and basically i had teachers from as far as china hawaii lots of american schools that we've uh, connected with here in canada yep. and basically what we did our main connection was a school within new york and we would meet over skype once a month and students basically drew challenges out of a hat and their partners weren't people in their physical classroom. Their partners were people in another part of the world. Wow. And so then they came up with solutions and then shared these solutions with the other people in the, in the, across the world. So in my classroom, I had 35 groups and in the other classrooms in New York, Hawaii, China, they also had 35 groups and they each pulled a different challenge out of the hat which we did over Skype or sometimes with China, we had some time delays, so we would do it over a doc. Yep. And um, then the students would try to come up with solutions. And it was interesting watching them give feedback to each other and, you know, talk about ways that they could 
overcome obstacles that they had. And it just, it brought down the four walls of the classroom and it really made them feel like, well, the kids in China are dealing with the same things that we are. The kids in New York are dealing with similar things and they had some great solutions to what we were thinking about. Like big challenges or, or little challenges or what, what kind of challenges were they pulling out of the hat? I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, the challenges, they, they were a variety of different challenges. We tried to keep the theme around um, certain things. So first couple of months, we would do like an environmental challenge. So we give them challenges about things in their environment, um, okay. you know, recycling problems or um, pollution problems, things like that. And then gotcha. we the theme every couple of months. Especially if those are things that maybe connect with whatever you're naturally doing in your, your subject, your content area that you're teaching as a teacher. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, and that's how we tried to do it is we tried to connect our curriculum, although it's different around the world, but uh, tried to connect the curriculum as much as we could so that it didn't seem like it was an extra, but more of what we're doing already. That's awesome. Uh, one more thing that I know you're doing, Tanya, that sounds really interesting to me and I want to find out about it. You have kids bid on tough math challenge questions. What, what is that about? So my classroom is kind of one of those ones that are going to be honest, people are always walking by and stopping to see what we're doing. So we're always <laughs> doing odd things and we're not the quietest classroom. I'll let you know that. One of the fun things I like to do in math is just to mix it up because math is always one of those subjects that you get students that come in who are intimidated by it and it's not um, something that they enjoy. And that's what often students tell me when they come to me in grade seven and eight is I'll, I'm not actually interested in coming to math, but I'm here yep. and I'm afraid to do it. So throughout the strand or unit that we're working on, we create questions together mm -hmm. and the students are given money and we put questions up on the board and it's amazing how you just put these questions up there which are just regular joke questions that you could put on a test but all of a sudden you give them money and i become an auctioneer and i start auctioning these questions off and students go crazy over them wow <laughs> and they you know they auction and usually are fighting over two or three questions that at the end they earn and then they do a little flip grid video for me to tell me their answer to the question. <laughs> wow. So if they get them right, then they get like a prize or award or something? Yeah. So they, you know, they earn money for the next auction is what they, they get. <laughs> so they're like building up an account and um, learning about profit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, teaching, you're teaching economics too. Good job. Tanya. <laughs> It's it's a, a whole a whole new ball game. Yeah, it's not just STEM. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, I want to also ask you, Tanya, a couple other things, just especially about STEM in general. Um, we see so many teachers adding STEM, adding those kinds of classes to their schools and stuff. Uh, what what are the things that just really draw kids to that STEM component when we take the time to add it to our to whether our school wide or just any individual classroom? I think for me, STEM is. It's something that you can make a global connection with. It's something that is hands-on. And I think most students can connect with when they can physically build something with their hands or they can physically see something happen and they can see how it's changing things. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's that's a huge component. And watching that grow and watch the curiosity grow because of that is is really important. Yeah, that curiosity is such an important thing that that we either have the ability to to help grow and foster and nurture or to just completely squash it in our classrooms. It's a huge responsibility we have with creativity with those kids. Definitely. I, I like the responsibility, but again, it's, it's one of those things that I think for me has been the most beneficial things as a teacher when you have those students who have graduated and they come back and they tell you how they've 
further made connections or how they continued that learning journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what do you hope is the future of STEM education, Tanya? What do you, where do you see it going? I hope STEM becomes not just uh, an acronym that we use and just like a, a buzzword. I hope it becomes a norm for curriculum that all students are le- learning it and all student- students know what it means. Right. Um, I hope to see more females interested in it because I still think that breaks my heart to see that we're still struggling to get females in those in that field. Yeah. Um, I really try to push that with my students and I know some of the guys ache, belly ache when I tell them about opportunities in our area for universities that are holding STEM programs for females. But I think it's really important to keep pushing to see more and more girls yeah. involved. Yeah. It seems like, you know, as, as we get more and more of these kids interested, both boys and girls, I, th- I think we're, we're probably going to start to see the, the fruit of those efforts as it, as it goes forward into making their way into colleges and careers. Um, it seems, seems like we're on the right track. I believe so. Yes. So um, one last question, Tanya, again, we're chatting with Tanya Bumstead. You can find her on Twitter at Tanya Bumstead. If you could have anybody from STEM past or present come into your classroom and inspire those kids, pump them up, get them excited about STEM kind of things, who would that be? Okay. So that's a tough question. And like I said, I don't answer questions straight on. So I'm going to down bounce around this one a little bit here. Go for I know it. A lot of people are thinking Steve Jobs or somebody really cool like that. For me, I think I'm so empowered by students and student voice that for me, I think the most inspirational thing for me is to have a former student come back and speak to my students or talk to us about how they've grown in STEM and how they've made a career of it. To me, that would just be, that's more empowering than Steve Jobs coming to my school. (laughs) It's hearing somebody who's actually been through it to walk through the process and talked about, you know, their journey. Yeah. Tanya, that's that's not only a perfect answer, that's a perfect reminder for educators to reach out to people who have been in their classroom or or in their school years before and invite them back. Connect through them through whatever social media that your school uses. Um, I'm sure you can find alumni who follow the school's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram accounts and reach out and just say, hey, who wants to come in and talk to my class or even connect digitally through Skype or Zoom or whatever. Such a, such a unique opportunity. That's a great idea, Tanya. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope that some former students out there reach out after this podcast. <laughs> yes. So if you, you used to be in Tanya's class, you need to connect with her and, uh, and Skype in with her class. You, just, you owe it to her for putting up with you. You know you do. <laughs> any other last thoughts? Tanya, has been so many great ideas for, for educators that are listening. But any other last thoughts that you'd love to share with everybody listening to the STEM Everyday podcast today? You know, I just think we live in such a wonderful time where we have great technology connections and the fact that we just met on Twitter and mm-hmm. have had this fabulous talk together, I think is great. I think it's empowering for students in the, of the future to know, hey, look at where this world is going and we just can make a quick connection over Twitter because I can tell you back when I went to school, this is not something that exists and it was a lot harder to connect. Yeah. So, it's exciting to know that we're moving in this direction and who knows what the future holds of how we might connect or, you know, join ideas or create or inspire other people by how we connect through technology. Yeah, exactly. Tanya, I think you're so right. Reach out educators when you have a chance, if you're not already on Twitter and using Twitter for the, those professional learning opportunities, reach out to people, start, try, do something, follow a hashtag, start asking questions and you'll be some, 
surprised by the response that you'll get. So many people are willing to, to help because um, we're all educators. We're all in this together and we're all in this because of the kids. And uh, if you don't take my word for it, take, take the prime minister's uh, word for it. They thought that Tanya was excellent in teaching STEM. So everybody should listen to Tanya. Well, thank you. I might just let people know too, my other Twitter account is at Mrs. Bumstead, and that's where a lot of my classroom things are as well. My professional account is at Tanya Bumstead, but to follow what my class is doing, follow at Mrs. Bumstead and see what we're doing. We'd love for you to join us. That's awesome. And that's where you get all those great ideas, teachers. You steal those ideas and you put them in your own classroom to get your kids excited too. Tanya, it's been so great chatting with you today. I really appreciate you sharing all this great information with educators today. Well, thanks for having me. What a great opportunity. And thanks again for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. You can also find out more about me, the podcast, and everything else on dailystem.com. You can find me on Twitter at dailystem and reach out because just like Tanya's willing to help, I'm willing to help. We're all willing to help. Thanks again, teachers, and keep up the great work. You've been listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find out more information about this or other episodes, please visit RemarkableChatter.com or DailyStem.com.